<laughs> Greetings, citizens. You're now trapped in a nerd cage with your hosts, Mark and Jay. We hope you have a smashing good time. <laughs> Hello and welcome. That's right. You're trapped in nerd cage live. This ain't just a reaction show, but a debate show and a live discussion on everything that makes people like you and I tick. So thank you for joining us tonight. Please hit that like button and subscribe. I'm your co-host, Jay St. G, coming to you live from Syracuse, New York, and always with me, the warrior from Wakanda, the fiend from Louisville, my man, Mark Withers. What's shaking, boss? Hey, what's going on, man? Super excited to be here as usual, and yes, Today, we have another look back for you. This one's another youngster, only five years strong, but it's one of our favorites. We could not wait to talk about it. An early masterpiece in the genre. And of course, I'm talking about Tim Miller's Deadpool starring Ryan Reynolds. Where does the time go? (laughs) I mean, I remember exactly where I was when I heard the news that this was coming out. I can remember being in the theater for the first time watching this, and it seems like it was just yesterday. I know that you and I both gave this a rewatch over the weekend. Jay, how do you feel about this movie five years later? Okay, the movie didn't make me laugh upon a rewatch as it did the first time watching it, but it's still a brilliantly paced film with some great action. It doesn't give me that same gut-bursting laugh but I still love this movie. Yeah, I am still just as impressed with it as I was five years ago. Some of the comedy in it isn't as like shocking and isn't as hilarious upon a rewatch. But that said, the action that takes place in this movie, some of the camera work, some of the CGI mm-hmm. is to me even more impressive than the first time I watched it, particularly that opening scene, that 12 bullet scene is simply incredible. And I think that there are parts of this movie that really do a good job of transcending the comic book genre, not just giving us a superhero movie, but also giving us, you know, a comedy action film, a comedy action drama, if you will. A hard Uh, R, by the way, too. Right, right. Arguably, probably the first R rating for a comic book movie. Would you say that's true? No, because you got Blade and a few others before that. But as far as like, this current era that we're in yes this is probably like the first hard art here's the thing like blade now listen i I don't have any kids but if i had kids i wouldn't have any problem showing them blade and blade 2. i'm not saying parents should i'm saying me personally but if i had kids i would not let them see deadpool right right yeah this is definitely not a, a movie for kids and it's interesting that you bring up blade because New Line Cinemas is where the story for this movie sort of starts. This movie was in development hell for about 10 years. Mm -hmm. And originally the concept, you know, to basically bring Deadpool in as a live action film started at New Line with Ryan Reynolds and David S. Goyer as they were wrapping up Blade Trinity. Ryan Reynolds became interested in the character after being referenced in the comic book. In the comic- He was born for that role. He literally was born to play Deadpool. But in the comic, Deadpool describes himself as a mix between Ryan Reynolds and a Sharpay. 
<laughs> and so that really flattered Ryan Reynolds. And so he like became interested in playing the character. And Jeff Katz, who was an executive at New Line, kind of agreed that like, this is the only guy that can play this role. And so he championed the idea of making a film. But because Fox owned the rights to all the X-Men characters mm -hmm. and all the X-Men related characters, they basically put the kibosh on creating a project around this character. Yeah. A few years later, Jeff Katz becomes an executive at Fox and he brings the idea back up to create a Deadpool film. Fox is on board. They bring Lauren Schuler Donner into the project who is pretty much instrumental in developing the X-Men films. They wanted to incorporate Deadpool either in an X-Men film or some other type of X-Men related project. Yep. They wind up putting Deadpool into X-Men Origins Wolverine, but drastically changing the character. That was obviously met with very harsh reviews from both critics and fans. Oh, that and whole so <laughs> I just feel bad. I just, I just feel bad because Hugh Jackman did what he was supposed to do. Right. And the screen time that Ryan Reynolds, Wade Wilson was given, I thought he did the best he could do. It was just this Mortal Kombat Braca with his mouth shut. Exactly. Just, yeah. Yeah, they, they really disrespected the character in a lot of people's opinion, mine included. After getting such negative feedback, they decided to sort of take the project that they were kind of working on and retool it and make it as close to the comic book as possible. So then they brought in Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, who had uh, just finished up Zombieland. They brought them in as the head writers and developed the Deadpool project from there. There was like a short film that they made to sort of convince the studio to greenlight the project. It didn't result in immediately getting greenlit, but after that footage was Leaked Which was the beginning of the movie, right? The scene in the beginning of the movie with the cars. Yeah, it was right. It was like an early iteration of that 12 bullets scene. Yeah. That was just basically test footage. And someone inside of Fox leaked that footage online. And the fan response was so positive that Fox had no choice but to go ahead and greenlight the film. Not to mention a brilliant marketing campaign and give Ryan Reynolds credit where credit is due. He was definitely the driving force of promoting this movie, you know, on his social media and on interviews and everything else. So that was probably one of the most memorable marketing campaigns for any movie in my lifetime with the chimichangas and, right. <laughs> and everything else that followed in the, the, the Entertainment Tonight spoof. It was a wild marketing campaign. And the baffling thing is, it was a small budget, if I'm not mistaken. Exactly, uh, only $58 million. And that, yep, that's what I was gonna say, it was a, yep. Yeah. Initially, they were supposed to get a lot more, but they traded a smaller budget for more creative control because they were really worried that if the studio interfered too much, they would wind up with a repeat of X-Men Origins. And they really didn't want that. They wanted to yeah. make the character as true as possible to the comic. Since they had virtually no marketing budget to speak of, Ryan Reynolds and everyone involved had to get a lot more creative to promote yeah. the movie. <laughs> and then like I said, the movie itself, no, I won't lie to you going into the theater just given the reputation with Fox. Now listen, the X-Men movies were always like hit or miss. So in the back of my mind, walking into the theater, in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh my gosh, what if it's straight up bad? 
but it was one of the better movie going experiences because everyone in the theater was dying of laughter and right. i was right there with <laughs> So yeah. it was definitely a memorable movie. And I just remember talking about it at work, like, oh my God, did you see Deadpool? <laughs> like, like <laughs> it was it was like the, the, the it was like the, the work you know, the work talk talk topic for at least a week or two. So again, the fond memories of seeing this movie, but again, still holds up. I totally agree. And you know, once again, not just as a superhero movie, but something that actually transcends that archetype incorporating slapstick comedy and you know intense action and and all of those things wrapping it up into something brand new and actually making it something that is rated r which is virtually unheard of in comic book films and making the money that it did and of course all the references they take shots at both the MCU and the DCEU and right. Green Lantern, which that, I, that was a funny bit there. No, no CGI <laughs> costume. Please don't make it green. And as far as the fourth wall breaking, uh, we definitely have to address that. Listen, I'm not a fan of like breaking the fourth wall too much. This is an exception because it's part of the comic. It's part of the character. So it, right. they made it work. This was something that they were really committed to. They wanted to make it authentic for fans. And, you know, a big part of Wade Wilson's character is breaking the fourth wall. Another interesting part of the development of the script, there was sort of like a a schism as far as the type of story that they wanted to tell. So Ryan Reynolds wanted it to be an origin story. Reese and Wernick didn't want that. They wanted Deadpool just being a fully formed character, give him a mission and all of that. So they split the idea down the middle and sort of started with the 12 bullet scene and then incorporated like pieces of his origin as flashbacks. Yes. Which worked perfectly. And then once that story's told, then I like how they sort of fast forward to like, okay, now that you're all caught up, then they just fast forward to modern day and everything. That was kind of cool. And again, like one of my favorite movies of all time is Pulp Fiction. So I do like the out of order storytelling. And like I said, this movie pulled it off great. Besides 12 Bullets, I really like the banter between Deadpool and Colossus. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, no, no, listen, I I actually liked this version of Colossus a lot. I know that it's all CGI and this, this, and that. But in my mind, this is just an older, more seasoned version of the Colossus that we got in the previous X-Men movies, is how I look at it. I really like this version of Colossus also, much more than any other Uh, live action iteration. I mean, originally we had Daniel Cudmore play Colossus in, you know, some of the other X-Men movies, but he wasn't the X, he wasn't the Colossus from the comics, you know. At least uh, not yet. I mean, he was, that was a younger version. Well, he also wasn't Russian in, in the, in the the live action. (laughs) Right. And in the comics, you know, that he's from the Soviet Union. And so it was nice to hear like Stefan Kapichik provide that voice and and give him that Russian accent and provide that flavor for the character. It just made it that much more authentic and uh, much more enjoyable. The grown back the hand scene is still really funny. (laughs) (laughs) The baby hands. Yes, the baby hand and the the blind woman there, his roommate. Uh, Mm -hmm. Blind Al. Yeah, played by Leslie Uggams, yeah. He's wonderful. I like the dynamic between them two as well. It's it's just there's so much in this movie that works. And I mean, right. if I have any criticism to this movie, and it's not against the movie, I understand it was a budget, is 
France is the main villain. Not the greatest of a showdown, honestly, but right. it's it's a revenge story. I can get behind it. I feel like the second one gave me what I wanted. So, Deadpool 2. Again, another brilliant marketing campaign. They turned the table pretty quick. They got it out pretty quick. In fact, when you see the first movie, if you stuck around for the very, very, very post credit scene, he did tease it and he said, oh yeah, we're gonna have Cable. After walking out of the theater and they mentioned Cable, I lost my damn mind because being a diehard X-Men fan, all right? Right. The cartoon, when we got to like the Days of Future Past and the Mutant Plague timeline episodes there with the time travel, right? I fell in love with Bishop. I thought he was the most badass dude, a really fun character, an interesting character. You know, he's the descendant of Cyclops, Cyclops and Jean, and he's got a complex story. And, you know, again, props to the cartoon. And then about a decade later, shout out to my gamers out there. One of my favorite fighting games ever is Marvel versus Capcom 2. And right. my one of my mains in that game is Cable. All my gamers out there will know this. Pop, 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 Viper Beam. Then we got the glorious news. Josh Rowland, who's already playing Thanos. I was just like, yes, he's perfect. He's badass. He's got the look. He's got the attitude. And man, he did not disappoint in this movie. He is clearly the best thing of Deadpool 2, in my opinion. He was actually great in the role. A really fun set of facts about Cable being in Deadpool 2 is that he was originally supposed to be in Deadpool 1. But when Fox greenlit the first movie, they automatically greenlit Deadpool 2. And so the producers decided that they wanted to save Cable for the sequel. And originally the role was offered to Michael Shannon, who people will recognize as Zod in Man of Steel. For whatever reason, Michael Shannon, who was originally attached to the project, decided not to follow through with it. And then uh, a number of different actors were considered for the part, including Brad Pitt and David Harbour and a few other actors. Josh Brolin wound up being sort of like a late contender and just sort of came out of nowhere. And as oh. soon as he sort of emerged, the producers were like, yes, this is our guy. This is, this is <laughs> the, the right, and, not, <laughs> no knock on those other guys you mentioned. And then it is pretty fascinating to learn this because I didn't know it going in, but I'm telling you, I mean, I'm not saying that Josh Brolin's better than that competition, but for this character, for this role, yes. He was perfect for it. Absolutely. He, really was. he was the serious, you know, straight man to Ryan Reynolds goofiness. Right. Uh, and it worked, but again, I just like how he's portrayed. They, they, it was accurate. Like he was still the time traveler. He had a mission, kind of a dark mission, but yeah, it was um, it, it was brilliantly done. I'm, I'm so happy they incorporated that time travel. We got a little bit of that glimpse of that Days of Future Past static early on, and I'm glad they included that. Like, I gotta say it, man. Um, it might be blasphemy to some people. I like Deadpool two more. To me, Deadpool 2 felt felt more like an X-Men movie. There was more, we get more mutants, we get we get Juggernaut, okay? They right. they listen, I didn't hate listen, I did not hate Juggernaut in X-Men 3. I understand why people did. Vinny Jones, I didn't think was bad at the role and how he's portrayed. The problem I had with his role in X-Men 3 was I hated the fact that there was a scene with Xavier and Juggernaut, and they did not reference 
that that they were stepbrothers and right. in their past that bothered me to no end at least in this movie uh, even though we didn't see it they did make a brief reference like yeah i don't care about my brother he's in the wheelchair or whatever he said right. at least they made that reference that he had that connection to xavier thank you thank you for at least acknowledging that's all we needed the cgi is a little spotty but i'll give it a pass because it, it, it works because when you're going to do a juggernaut he's got to be like you know exaggerated and super like larger than life Right. badass character in the, in yeah. the and that's that. one thing that i did like about these uh both yeah. deadpool 1 and deadpool 2 is that the characters that are from the comics that are sort of enormous and yeah. meant to look menacing they really do like if you look at colossus in deadpool 1 mm -hmm. i mean he's seven feet tall you know he's maybe taller than seven feet tall and he's just a behemoth yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, in Deadpool 2, they kind of did the same thing with Juggernaut. Even though they're using CGI, you really get the feel of that sense of like, this guy could pummel me in two seconds, where yeah. you really didn't get that in the earlier X-Men films. Did you know who voiced Juggernaut in Deadpool 2? No, I don't. Believe it or not, Ryan Reynolds voiced <laughs> Did he really? Juggernaut. Yes. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, it wasn't credited. It, in fact, it didn't come out till after the movie. The maybe like a week or two after it came out in theaters is when they revealed it. And I laughed. And I'm just like, oh my god! Of course, Ryan Reynolds did. I mean, right. And and I remember it being in the theater with my friends for Deadpool two opening night. And the moment we heard that bump 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 bump, and then bong bong, and then we get the glimpse of it. I'm like, oh my god, it's Juggernaut. And not to <laughs> mention the theme song, though. Excuse my language. Though, Oh shit balls, the juggernaut, you know, that the, the right. song that they're playing. Oh, it was so funny. Again, this movie to me gave me what I wanted. And not to mention, we also get a cameo from Omega Red. Like I said, this is probably, like I said, the most X Men movie, you know, in terms of Deadpool. And, and that's why, and that's when I was, I was happy being the X Men fan. We see more characters that we're familiar with. They did them right this time. It's still really, really, really good. And I find this movie far more entertaining than the first one. And I think the story is a little better and we get more of those characters that we love. Right, right. I, I won't say that I enjoy Deadpool 2 more than Deadpool 1, mm -hmm. but you get much more of the X-Men universe in yeah. Deadpool 2, um, particularly with the X-Force characters, which we cannot yes. skip. We can't forget about those guys. Louis <laughs> <laughs> Tan is Shatterstar. I mean, you know, like uh, Zazie Beetz is Domino. I mean, oh. I, th I thought that was really inspired casting, you know? Oh, she was it wonderful. Was, and she, yeah. she looked damn good doing it too, just saying. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Terry Crews, that was... <laughs> Terry Crews getting hit by the bus. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, this movie's... You know, this movie's already three years old. I mean, I'm sorry if I'm spoiling for anybody, but the X-Force scene, by the way, X-Force was another movie that was in development hell with Fox that we're probably right. never, gonna, never gonna get now, but I'm glad we kind of got it in this movie. And then if you blink and you miss it, Brad Pitt <laughs> as the, what, the Vanishers, and you see a quick glimpse of Brad Pitt getting electrocuted. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Brad Pitt's one cool dude that he was willing to sign up for such a small <laughs> blank if you miss it cameo. <laughs> right. In the original script, there were supposed to be a lot more uh, cameos. 
Like for example, there was supposed to be a Fantastic Four crossover. So one of the big things that was sort of excised from the script was a fight between Juggernaut and The Thing. That was taken out because of licensing issues Mm. and also problems with the Fantastic Four film that came out. But one of the other scenes, one of the other Fantastic Four crossover scenes was they were gonna try to get Chris Evans to reprise his role as Johnny Storm. And they wanted Johnny Storm to come in and try out for X-Force, which I think would have been hilarious if they had actually- Yeah, that would have been funny, (laughs) but I'm sure, I'm sure his commitments with Disney at the time. Exactly. That was gonna happen. Yeah, made made it not happen. And I want to give credit to uh, shout out to Julian Dennison who played Fire Fist. I thought he was pretty funny. Thanks to this movie, he's got a lead role in the upcoming Godzilla versus Kong, opposite wow. of Millie Bobby Brown. So, looking forward to seeing that performance now, upcoming movie. So yeah, looking back at both of these films, they still hold up. I feel like these movies will stand the test of time. The first movie I'm gonna give, I'd say 8.5 out of 10 with the second one for me being nine out of 10. Looking back, what would you uh, rate these films? I'm gonna reverse it. I'm gonna say that uh, I really enjoyed Deadpool 1 uh, much more than I remember. Upon a second watch, there were just aspects of it that I just enjoyed a whole lot more than I remember. And I'm gonna give that one an eight out of 10. And then I would give the sequel as good as it was. I didn't quite enjoy it as much. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I would give that a 7.5 out of 10. Yeah. Again, I I still recommend these movies to everybody. They're a great addition to the X-Men franchise. And I guess we can briefly talk real quick about upcoming Deadpool 3. I don't know how that's going to work. And I'm going to say it right now. I don't see this working a third time, especially with the the big Jurassic Studio change. They really need to get X-Men off the ground first before they bring in Deadpool. That's just my opinion. What do you got real quick before we go? Yeah, I think that it's it's going to be problematic to bring Deadpool into the larger MCU. When we talk about the MCU, we are definitely talking about a franchise that is very family centric and that kids are going to want to see those movies. They're going to want to see Deadpool in order to make sense of that character in the larger framework. And so how do you reconcile that and still keep the raunch and still keep the violence factor? It's going to, it's, it's an issue. And so yeah. I, for one, am a little bit concerned about it. Absolutely. One, one quick thing about Deadpool 3. Uh, this this was news that just came out a couple days ago uh, at the time of this recording. One of the pitches for Deadpool 3 before the whole Fox-Disney merger happened, Deadpool 3 was actually supposed to center around Wade and Hugh Jackman's Logan on a road trip together. Right. That could have been great. Can you just imagine Wolverine and Deadpool on a road trip together? Just knowing how- Stories write themselves. (laughs) Yeah. I think that could have been a lot of fun. It's a damn shame we're not going to get it, but as far as Deadpool 3, it's not going to be for a while, but we'll see. Right. We can only hope, right? We can still dream. Yeah, absolutely. That being said here, I want to just give a quick sneak peek at our next look back. Uh, We're kind of cheating just a little bit, but we found an excuse to do it. Our next look back is going to be the 25th anniversary of the United States version release of Jackie Chan's Rumble in the Bronx, directed by the great Stanley Tung. I cannot wait to look back at that one, man. 
Yeah, I know that you are the biggest Jackie Chan fan that I've ever met. I, for one, am a huge fan of Jackie Chan and of martial arts in general. So this is going to be a total blast for us to do. I can't wait. That being said, before we go, we ask you to pre please like, comment, subscribe, ring that bell, and spread that shit like Silva. So you, I say, from Louisville to Syracuse and to all of our friends and fans around the world at Nerd Cage Live, enjoy life, stay safe, and good night. Sayonara. Ooh, trying to get out of the nerd cage, are ya? Well, before you go, hit that subscribe button. And if you're really intrigued, ring that bell. Thank you for dropping by. Until next time, tell everyone you know about Nerd Cage Live! <laughs>